podcast for anyone who runs. All bodies, all paces. So Carmen, how are you? You know, I'm doing good. Yeah? Have you been running? (laughs) Yes, I have. I have. I have not, unfortunately. I... (laughs) Since the last time we recorded, I injured my knee, so I've been icing and elevating and riding the exercise bike and going for walks, Um, but I shaved three minutes per mile off my walk time the other day, so I think I'm on the mend. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good sign. Maybe you could um, enter the walking Olympics. There you go. Um. No, it's been actually kind of nice because I've been using the walk time and listening to Headspace as like walking meditations. And that has been like really good for me to be patient, you know, when I'm walking because I'm used to like pushing harder, you know. Um, But I went on like a three, I basically went on like a 5k walk the other day. Um, My usual like 5k loop that I'll do when I'm running a 5k. And it felt really good. Um, and I've listened to those headspace uh, meditations, and yeah, it was really, it was really nice. And then, you know, it was only like ten minute meditation that I listened to, and then I just like turned on an audio book and just kind of like continued like my nice little walk. And then I got home and I rode the exercise bike for like thirty minutes and did like a spin. And my knee feels okay, so I think I'm going to be able to run probably in, like, a week and a half. I'm going to give it another, like, week and a half. Good, good. Don't come back too early. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just like they're trying to reopen LA, and it's too early. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, don't even get me started. (laughs) Um, I ran with a friend. Oh, yeah? And it helped push my pace. You know, I'd been kind of... Well, for various reasons right now, just like scared to like run with other people. But also, I know I shouldn't feel this way. I really don't like when I know that people have to slow down for me. Yeah. So I've kind of like everyone's been not everyone, but like, you know, people have been offering and I and I, you know, I say no because they don't like that feeling. You've known it since the um, I mean, we both had that feeling <laughs> while we were in Mexico. That was something we yeah. both struggled with. And everybody's yeah. like, no, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. But you and I are still like but I want to be up there with you guys. Yeah. Or at least like alone in my slowness. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I finally um, accepted a friend's offer because there was um, Love Hour Nuggets at the end of it. So I was like, that's a good, <laughs> that's a good reward for getting out of my comfort zone. Um, and it was great. You know, obviously we kept distance, but it pushed my pace and not to like a, uncomfortable level like just the right amount of discomfort like oh this is where i can be you know well i took the first steps uh of starting my run club speaking of running with friends so i have like four people that are all down to go on a run together once i'm all healed up and i made some shirt designs and uh basically like these four people you know once i feel better we're gonna you know, get together and do a socially distanced run, um, which will be really fun. And I'm very excited about it. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, I liked the shirt. I'm excited for you. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. I did. A, I did another one too with, uh, 
I have three designs now, so. <laughs> oh, getting fancy. Honestly, Run Club t-shirts are like my favorite. Um, well, it's been great quarantine attire, you know, because we don't have to dress up. But also like airport attire. <laughs> yeah, I did it so through. So I did it through Teespring for now, just to do something. And I ordered myself a sample, so. <laughs> so I have one on the way. Nice. It's a yeah. cot- it's a cotton shirt though, so I probably won't run in it too much, but <laughs> No, I remember we had this episode a few weeks ago where like I've been loving running in cotton. Oh, that's true. Actually yeah. I yeah, mean like for shorter distances. Yeah, I've noticed a lot of the higher end running brands coming out with like high quality cotton shirts. Um and I've noticed one brand that's actually like doing what they are calling like moth holes or whatever. They're like putting holes in the shirt. I don't know. I don't know if that actually helps. I'm not but... about that life. <laughs> no, me either. But uh, I've noticed that, that like these higher end running brands are doing cotton. And I wonder if it's like, I uh, wonder what it's about. I don't know. I just think of my nipples. <laughs> well, yeah, I've only been doing it for shorter runs. But like, especially long sleeves. I don't know. I've just really been loving it. Yeah. No, it's good. I really like it for short runs. There's something about it that just feels nice. But I also, I have this run shirt, uh, you know, I don't want to like shout out Target too much uh, in our podcast, but I have a, I have like a heavyweight like tech shirt that I got from the all in motion line that Target does. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I love that shirt. I don't know what it is. It's just like, it feels so good. It's like a thick shirt, but it's like sweat wicking and it's, you know, it's, it's a tech shirt. Um but I've done a lot of my longer runs in it and I've never chafed or anything, but I also just like, I like the weight of it because it doesn't feel like I'm just wearing like a thin layer, <laughs> which for me is yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, no, no, you know, Target has some great things. Actually, most of my sports bras come from there because they have really great seamless ones, which also you won't chafe. So, yeah, you know. Um, and it's nice too, because one of my friends who is just now getting into running, he's one of the people that's going to be in the run crew. He's nice. never been a runner, but he, you know, it's not required. <laughs> yeah, totally. But he watched our like film that I made and, and I sent him some videos from Tracksmith, just, uh, just getting stoked on, <laughs> on certain running things that I want to do this summer. Yeah. Like. Like, my dream this summer is to do more trail runs that end in, like, swimming. So I want to, you know, go run near some, like, swimming holes and do, like, these long runs and then just jump into some water. Oh, that's cool. and, and I want to do some fast packing, you know, which is kind of like what we were doing in Mexico. But you have, like, oh, yeah. a very light backpack with, like, a very lightweight tent in it and stuff like that. So you can just camp while you're out on your trail runs. Um and so I sent him all this stuff and he was just like, dude, I want to do this. And so he immediately bought some running shoes and he went nice. to Target because, you know, he doesn't have any workout gear really. And I was like, hey, go get this brand because it feels like more expensive stuff, but it's like super affordable. And, you know, he went and got some running shorts that are really nice for 20 bucks and some tech shirts yeah. and, and a jacket. And it's nice because it makes it accessible. And that's one of the mm-hmm. things I love about running that, you know, our episode today is an interview with Michelle Morton, who rode her bike across Texas, but she's also a trail runner and ultra runner for ultra. ultra. <laughs> yeah, for ultra. And 
she's also a healthcare worker. Um, and we talk a lot about cycling, but one of the things that I love about running specifically is because of the low barrier to entry, you know, cause like I've tried to get people into cycling before and to like, try to like, be like, Hey, you know, like a cheap bike is like a thousand dollars, you know, they're like, uh, I don't know, but like somebody yeah. getting into running and they're like, you know, go get some shoes and a couple, like some shorts and whatever. You honestly don't even need to buy clothes when totally. you first go out. Like I'm sure everyone has some sweats and a cotton shirt. Oh, totally. I mean, the first time I went on a run, I was wearing basketball shorts that I usually slept in and <laughs> yeah. a hoodie, you know, just like an old yeah, hoodie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was fine until I started putting in longer distances and then, you know, yeah. I would get yeah, chafed should, and I'd be like, yeah. okay, I need to go get some <laughs> shoes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, band-aids, but that doesn't help, like, armpits. And yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, you, you can get away with not doing any of that, for sure. I feel like we're but... talking too much about chafing. I don't want to scare the people. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. You don't have to worry about that till you know. <laughs> till long mileage. <laughs> yeah. Or if you're, like, a bigger dude like me, you know, my thighs rub. and. <laughs> no, that happens to girls, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I put the body glide on um, yeah. if I'm wearing shorts. There's ways to get around it. Like I've I've gone on thirteen, you know, fifteen, twenty mile runs without any chafing. So, you know, it is yeah, possible. Sometimes it's random. But mm-hmm. that's why we're here because we tell you. Yeah. And you so learn you don't the have lesson. To experience yeah. It. Cause, and woo, you think you're fine, and then you take a shower. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. Anyway, no more talk about chafing. <laughs> But um, I'm excited to talk to Michelle. She, I mean, it sounds like she's had an amazing um, just journey with her running and also very inspiring. <laughs> Absolutely. I got out of that conversation. I was like, hey, let's, I need to go do something. But I was injured. So I just went and rode the exercise bike and it was fine. <laughs> I know. I was all pumped up. Uh, um I skipped my long run because my body was just really dead. Because, you know, I've been doing a lot with yoga, boxing, and I was like, I, I I felt like if I were to push to do that run, I might get injured. So I just rested this weekend. So with all with that, you know, catching up, uh, let's get to our conversation with Michelle. Um, so we are here with Michelle Morton. She is a awesome person and i'm gonna let her introduce herself (laughs) well like you said my name is michelle morton (laughs) i'm an endurance athlete based in houston texas uh born and raised in dallas texas and i'm also i'm also a healthcare professional right now (laughs) yeah so many reasons that we wanted to have you on so i yeah I, i came across your I don't know exactly how I came across your story, but, you know, I grew up in Texas and, and, uh, I came across your story of, you know, all of your races getting canceled and all that stuff. And you decided to ride your bike across Texas. So, um, but before we get to that, I want to kind of start from the beginning. Like, okay. How did you get into endurance sports? How did you get into running and cycling and all of that stuff? So, you know, growing up, my mom would always just go for runs. And when I went to college and was living on my own, um, I kind of just started running. I think back then when I was in college, like early 2000s, there wasn't like GPS watches. I just would run around campus or whatever. And truthfully, I got I started getting back into running in college 
because I had gained weight as a freshman. I had the freshman 15. So I was just friends to a friend's house. I didn't have a car in college either. So that's pretty much how I got around. And so um, once I graduated from college, I moved down to, to Houston, Texas. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Sorry, I have a puppy right now. And uh, I moved down to Houston, Texas. And when I had gotten here, I went running at Memorial Park, which is a very popular hotspot here in Houston, where all the runners train for the Houston Marathon. And I went there with a girlfriend and ran around it. And I was just like so in awe of everybody that was running. And I kind of asked her like, hey, what's going on? Is there, you know, a race? I'd never done a race before in my life. Um, and so she was like, yeah, you know, Houston Marathon's coming up. Everyone here is pretty much training for the, the full or the half. And I looked into it. And unfortunately, back then it was a lottery system. And the lottery had already oh, wow. closed. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, next year. And so... While I waited around for that to come around, I just started racing like half marathons and 10Ks. Um, and then, yeah, so I just actually this last weekend, I, I ran the virtual the virtual edition of this year's Houston Marathon. It was my 11th consecutive year running it. And so oh, you're a legacy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a legacy, which is insane um, to even think about. And so, yeah. So, I mean, when you're running, I think that many races, or I think for some marathoners, when you get to that point where you want to, you take, you want to take the challenge even further, that's when endurance racing comes in. <laughs> so it wasn't like the plan, like, Ooh, I want to do triathlons or, um, but I did always want to be an Ironman. I, um, I'd seen it on TV, the, the, you know, Kona, I'd seen the race one year on TV and I was intrigued by it, but you know, growing up in the inner city, I didn't know how to swim. Um, and so I had to learn a, a, to swim as an adult. I think I learned to swim at the age of 28. Um, and that took me to Ironman. And then from there, it went to ultra marathoning. And then from there, it went to, you know, just biking is already in the Ironman, you know, rotation. Right. So I already, I already kind of had the bike. And yeah, this, this last year, I kind of, I actually uh, fractured my, um, let my right ankle uh, at home and for an accident. And so I just had to like kind of bike to cross train. Uh, and then like he said, like I was supposed to run Berlin marathon. I was supposed to run a marathon in Portland in like June. And, you know, that was just getting canceled. So I, yeah. you know, took up cycling to kind of cross train and kind of keep up my fitness. Um, but yeah, I just love, you know, pushing my limits and just seeing just how much I can survive <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of like everyone, every, it gets you high in some way. It's like, I just did that. Like, even now looking back in it, I'm like, dang, that was really crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Carmen, you've done Berlin Marathon before, right? I have done oh, Berlin. Oh, man. Um, I'm so jealous. Uh, yeah, I want to do it again because I made, even though I had done a few marathons before I did it, I made like all of the newbie mistakes. Like it just, it was like a crazy time and I didn't bring my own like shoes and oh man, um, I was like injured and we went to London beforehand and we're on our feet a lot. So it was just, I did all the wrong things. So (laughs) um, it was probably my most miserable one in terms of feel. Yeah, but it must be And luckily, yeah, luckily it is the fastest yeah of the majors so like it's still my time wasn't at like terrible (laughs) horrible for me um but it was it was the first time I was really humbled by a marathon and that I didn't finish happy so it was Uh, it was a big learning lesson for me but um 
So I want to go back and redeem myself. But after that, I had a really amazing Euro trip. (laughs) (laughs) After after you got that out the way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I still haven't done a big marathon. My first marathon was supposed to be in spring of 2020, and it got canceled, of course. That's right, yeah. Um, And so I did a virtual one, and my watch said I ran uh, 19 miles, but me and Carmen have decided that my watch was wrong, and I actually did. It sounded like a crazy day. You did it. (laughs) And so I I kind of ran a marathon, but um, I'm going to fix that this year. Uh, But so part of this podcast is like, you know, this is about, you know, human beings that run and, and how we kind of um, demystify it for folks, you know, um, <laughs> from all kinds of different backgrounds and stuff. So can we talk a little bit about that first marathon and what your experience was like when you finally decided to go for it? <laughs> well, when I finally signed up, you know, I didn't, I didn't know anybody that had done it like personally, like nobody in my family had done it. I, yeah. even now explaining what I, you know, the, the bike ride to my mom or explaining triathlons to my mom, she's like, you do it all at once. Wait, <laughs> you know, like, you, you you think after like 11 years you would like get it, but she really doesn't, you know. And so, um, yeah, you know, I signed up for it and I, I just Googled like marathon running plan and I try to follow it as best as I could. Um, and I remember I did a 20 miler and, and that like that was my long run. And yeah. I went out there and it was horrible, man. I, I think I started walking like around mile 15 or something. Like I hit my, my wall really early. Like I still remember those pictures. My mom, I think in my, my family, even now, I think for like, I, since I, uh, since I've done it 11 years, I think they've come down for six of them and they oh, know wow. the route and they like are there. It's like hand me goose or water or whatever. But I still remember those pictures. Uh, it was so miserable. I cried. I cried crossing the finish line. I did not think that I would make it, you know, um, but that's how it is I, for at least me for my first marathon. It's like I did, never thought I would make it. And now it's just like when I make it, it's more like how am I going to make it? How can I get better? Yeah. Um, to, uh, and so since then, like my first marathon was like 503 and now I'm down at 347. Wow. So, so I'm hoping like to, to Boston qualify. I'm, I'm 35, so I need to get to 335. So I'm not far. Um, one day, you know, I'll knock that one off my list. Um, but yeah, I've cried at, at maybe three of my marathon finishes. The first one, the third one, and then I cried uh, at. I tried to. I went to Seattle and I did Tunnel Vision Marathon, and I just cried because I had a horrible race. Um, it's like a downhill point to point on a trail, oh. and it was it was brutal on my legs. And I was like on. I was on track to Boston qualify until like mile sixteen, <gasps> and I started really. Um, you know, it was in a lot of pain, and so I didn't make it. So I cried then. So <laughs> I yeah, still I cry. Don't... It seems like the downhill races are the sketchy ones. People my don't... wife, yeah, my wife got. Yeah, she did a mostly all downhill half marathon and and got injured from it and couldn't run for mm-hmm. months after that. Oh wow! I feel like people don't realize how hard the downhill is on the legs. Especially it like really a long, is. consistent downhill like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Carmen and I met on a trail running trip in Mexico. <laughs> and oh, yeah. Which, which had way more uphills than any downhill. <laughs> yeah. But the downhills were like the hardest part for me. I was like sliding down the hill. 
<laughs> Downhills are tough too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uphill, both of them, they both have their pros and cons. Neither of them are easy. So um, what was it about your third marathon that had you in tears? Was it just like you met a goal? No, it was my worst marathon. No, I, if you count the last Houston marathon that I did this past weekend, I did it on a trail. So that was my longest marathon. My first tra- trail-like specific. I've done a 50-mile trail run, but this one was like just my first marathon on a trail. But no, so this uh, this Houston marathon, my third one, um, it was raining in like 40 degrees at the oh. start. And, you know, I remember we're cr- crossing the start line and we we're all just looking at each other like, we are crazy. And I had like, you know, raincoat and two other layers on. I had three layers total, like in gloves on from beginning to end. And I think that year, like out of t- like 25,000 that started, like 17,000 finished. It was, it was insane. Like there's oh, buses wow. picking up people along the way. And I just remember seeing people walking off the course and I was like, you know, taking off their bib and just like giving up. And I was like, oh my God, that will not be me. So I fought to the very end and it was, I was just miserable. <laughs> I didn't think, I didn't think I would make it then either. The first, the first three marathons, I never thought, I didn't think I would make it, but I, you know, now it's different, but yeah, that's why I cried. So after, <laughs> after doing those, like what drives you to be like, okay, now I want to do a 50 mile trail run and now I want to do an Ironman. Well, it's, <sighs> You know, for me personally, it's like, you know, I was talking to my coach and I wanted to do another ultra and she's like, well, do a, do a 50 mile. And I was like, no, I've already done that. Like, I just, I want to do something else. I've already proven to myself that I can handle that distance. And like I said, you know, like, it's just, I want to do more. I want to, you know, continue to, you know, stress, uh, uh, stretch my elasticity and hmm. just kind of, and, you know, truthfully, like it's, it's hilarious because like this week I, you know, I, there was this incident at work. I wouldn't even say the incident. It was just like a difficult procedure and it was really hectic and just, you know, and while other people were, you know, freaking out, I was cool, calm and collect because I'm like, I've been through worse things like than this. Like mentally I can handle this. Like this COVID, this is a marathon. Like I've done this before. I've been yeah. in like the trenches, just this something that's just nonstop. You don't see the ending, you know, you can only visualize what it's going to look like. So yeah, I, I find that that continuously doing events like this really makes me tougher mentally, hmm. um, not only physically. How has, um, I mean, you're a healthcare professional. Can we just talk a little bit about what you do and and how it's been just during this whole situation the last year? Yeah, um, I I know I'm. I know a lot of people and I see it myself and I have my moments. I'm like, I'm burnt out, you know? Um, and part of that bike ride was just gave me some like training for the bike ride, gave me something to look forward to. And, you know, mm. I knew that I would have, like, that was my vacation time. Like that was my vacation time last year since I, I'd been saving it for Berlin and my Euro trip and things like that. And it became, you know, that bike ride, but yeah, so I do, I'm an ultrasound technologist. And so my um, job is uh, my primary job is, for COVID patients specifically is, um, you know, they, they're more likely to get blood clots. And so if they yeah. have a, they're, they're called pulmonary embolism. So if they're found mm-hmm. in their lungs, then the doctor will assume that it came from their extremities and it just came back to their, you know, their lungs. So they'll probably order an arm venous Doppler or a leg venous Doppler. And so what I do is I go, I'll go into the room 
and I'm a registered vascular technologist. So I trace their, their main blood vessels from their neck, in their arms, in their legs um, to see if I see a blood clot. Uh, and so that's like the primary thing for COVID patients. I also just do liver ultrasounds. I visualize kidney, spleen, gallbladders. Right. I do any soft tissue, organs, I visualize. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about... So, uh, oh. oh, go ahead, Carmen, yeah. No, so, because I think something that Josh and I kind of hit a wall, like, I've always loved running. It clears my mind. It's when my mind's quiet. But with quarantine, it felt like a little scary, and I wasn't getting the stress relief anymore. Did you come across that, or was work so stressful that running still felt like a stress relief? It, it felt like something I, yeah, I needed to do for myself. It's like, I have to do this. Like I have to train, like I have to have that outlet because if I'm, you know, just like for most people, if I'm just going to work and coming home and going like every single day, I would have gone crazy, you know? And this was the only thing that I was doing to get out was to be physically active um, outside. Yeah. And, you know, it led me to have to find new trails and new places to run and, and, you know, obviously run alone and run solo because, you know, being in the healthcare profession, um, I try my best to stay away from people and not mm-hmm. be around people who aren't being safe, you know? Um, yeah. And so I, you know, I've only seen like maybe five different people that I actually know this entire year um, outside of my family, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, I needed it. It's still like, like you, it's the only time that my mind is silent. Like, you know, I just keep it mm-hmm. as clear as possible when I'm doing any type of that stuff. And it's, Yeah. Yeah, because all you know, while you're in the hospital, you're just constantly thinking about, did I clean that? Did I touch that? What did I, you know, like, oh, did I wash oh, my hands? You know, like just constantly, like, was my neck exposed? Did I wash my neck after I did that patient? You know, just it's it's tough, yeah. But I, yeah, I, I needed, I needed sport. I think just like a lot of people out there did as well this last year. Yeah. So just to dive into the details a little bit. Um... So basically you were going to run the Houston marathon and of course everybody's races were getting canceled and stuff. So you decided Mm -hmm. to, to kind of take, you know, control your own life, get away from work and all that stuff and ride your bike across Mm -hmm. Texas. Let's just talk about that project (laughs) and dive into what it was, your motivations to do it. And I was really hoping to be able to make a documentary about it, but unfortunately (laughs) like it all fell through for me, but, um, but yeah, I am in awe of both of you. I only <laughs> run. <laughs> oh, this, I mean, there's a lot to do. I mean, yeah, we, it, it, you know, and it's funny that you say I only run. Like, you know, I, I've, I've heard people tell me, like, you know, if you just focus on one of those things, you'd be really good at that one sport. And I'm not really good at any of them. I'm just, like, average on all of them, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I know. Boston qualifying. I think you're above average. <laughs> that took me a decade. If I had really focused in on it for like two or three years, it would have been done already. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, you know, I was, like I said, I was supposed to run that marathon in, in Portland, uh, the Mount Revel, uh, the Revel, uh, oh, yeah. I guess they did, they have a Mount Hood. I was supposed to okay. run that. It was which is outside of Portland, which I was really excited about because like I said, I was going to make a vacation out of it. And that's really what I like doing marathons outside of Texas now because I turn them into vacations. Mm -hmm. So that was going to be my vacation. I was going to be a week week long vacation. I was going to end it with, with the marathon and that got canceled. And then, um, I, you know, being in, being in healthcare, 
I was a little like, okay, yeah, it's, it's going to have, you know, we're going to, we're going to race for the fall. It's going to be good. But then after each holiday, like July 4th hit and the, our numbers went back up, I was like, it's not going to happen. I knew it. Like, yeah. I, I told all my friends, I was like, none of those races are going to happen in the fall. Like, don't even, I mean, for some people they needed to train and I totally understand that, but I didn't want to, in my opinion, I know, which I, I don't know how it sounds, but I didn't want to waste my time putting this so much effort for a PR for a race that was a maybe. You know what I mean? Because it takes a lot of effort to train for a marathon or an Ironman oh, or yes. whatever. It's not like those are marathons and Ironmans and, and like distances like that. They take so much of your social life um, away for months at a time. And I didn't want to do that for something I wasn't in control of. And so I was about to start working with a coach. Um, and, you know, I came home. It was July and I was just driving home and I was like, what am I going to do today for my workout? Am I going to run a bike? Am I going to run? What am I going to do? And I was just not really in love with the training process at that point. And she was about to, we were going to try to do a goal race of Ironman Waco or it's a 70.3 distance in October. That was what I was going to shoot for. And like I said, on my drive home, I was like, this isn't going to happen. Why are you doing this? Like, what is it for? Like, what, what are you going to get out of this? And so I, you know, came home and I was just like, I'm not going to do it. Like, why? And I'd always wanted to, I'd always told myself that I would do a, like a cross whatever country ride um, when I retired. And it just hit oh. me like, I'll ride my bike across Texas and specifically across Texas because at my hospital, um, if I leave the state of Texas, I have to register any travel. And if I leave the state, oh, I have okay. to either quarantine upon my return or, you know, get COVID tested. Um, and so I was like, you know, I'm just going to keep it simple, stay in Texas. And I started looking for routes and I found the American Cycling Adventure Association or Adventure Cycling Association. And they have a route, uh, the Southern Tier, that extends from San Diego, California to Florida. And I bought their hmm. the map from El Paso to Louisiana. And that was it. And once I made that decision, it was so freeing. Like it was like. I, I, it, 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 it brought new like life into my training and it was like, it, it helped me stay focused and it was like, you know, a reason for me to like do all my training. So yeah, it was really exciting once I made that decision. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was attracted to this, to your project because I was born in Fort Worth and I grew up in Port Arthur, which is like an hour and a half, you know, from Houston, yeah. So. Um, yeah. So, it, and it's like 15 minutes from Louisiana, like 15 minutes from the Gulf. It's like way down there. Um, mm -hmm. so I was just attracted to the idea of just experiencing Texas in that way. Cause I moved out of Texas when I was a teenager and you know, there's like stereotypes about Texas and, and you know, some of them are true, but most of them are not. Cause Texas is an incredibly diverse place with all kinds of different landscapes and people and cultures and all kinds of stuff. But um, I was just so attracted to the idea of like experiencing Texas like that. So what was it like riding across the state and, and seeing all the different, um, you know, towns and, and landscapes and all that stuff? It was, I, you know, I think one day I'll process it all. I feel like everything's just been like, bam, 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 you know, but it was surreal. Um, you know, when I, so I got off work on Friday at, you know, at 5 p.m. And I came home, loaded up my RV, and we drove to Austin, like, 
outside of Austin Friday night. And then Saturday morning, we woke up and drove another like nine hours to get to El Paso. And we didn't get to El Paso till like 1030. And I was going to start like first thing Sunday morning at six. And I had been like driving all day. It was insane. So, um, yeah, like (laughs) I started in El Paso like at 7 a.m. that Sunday morning. And within the first mile, I already thought I was going to (laughs) die. But (laughs) but then, um, you know, it it was just beautiful. That's all I can really, you know, the you know, describe it as like surreal and beautiful and scary at time, at moments, you know, just border control, um, border control t- stopped me a couple of times, like just wondering like, Hey, what are you doing? You know, cause the first three days it was like all border control. And, you know, it's just like, uh, just every day was a really surreal moment. Um, and you know, the small towns, like if I could go back and do it again, I would take a longer time. I, you know, I was a little crunched for time because I only had two weeks off from work and I didn't want to spend the entire two weeks writing. I wanted to recover just a bit. Um, But yeah, you know, like if I could do it again, I would do it. I would say I would go shorter each day because I average like 90 miles a day, but I would go shorter and I would just really love to like talk to the people and just like kind of hear how they're going through um, life right now during this pandemic. Um, But yeah, it was so fun, like watching people track me um on this app called glimpse and like seeing it was cool when people would send me uh screenshots like of my bubble getting closer into their same screenshot you know like because before I was really far out in El Paso but yeah it was cool and then once I got to Austin I was like oh my god I did it like once I got to Austin it was over I mean Austin's only two and a half hours away from from Houston and I was passing things that I saw I've seen you know places I'd been before in my car like being on the road um, and I passed through my yeah. college town. <laughs> I went through a uh, college station, Texas, which is where I went to, I went to A&M. So uh, going through there, oh, it was nice. just so much fun. I mean, I, it, it was a blur, but like I said, one day I'll fully process it. All. I still haven't really. Cause like, you know, like I finished it and then I went straight to work and it was like, Oh yeah, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I've driven that. <laughs> yeah. Which is not, once you get what, west of San Antonio, there is nothing past San Antonio. <laughs> yeah. That's true. There was some big flat, just I was like, okay. But yeah, I was really shocked. It was my first time driving through Texas and I was shocked by the border patrol because I'm like, we're still in America, right? Because yeah, they, you know, you pass. There's like this one area where like you have to show a passport and I was mm-hmm. just like, wait, did we accidentally drive went to Mexico? What is happening? And you know, it's funny you say that I didn't even carry my passport. I wasn't thinking that, did I? I, I was not carrying it on me, like my purse, like my person. I wasn't carrying it. And, but it was, yeah, there was a, uh, one day, I think like day three, um, when I was getting towards Del Rio, Texas, um, my phone like messaged me and it was like, welcome to Mexico. <laughs> Yeah, like, it, does, it does. Yeah, that's that's why I was also scared. Like, what? Well, um, so I'm guessing then after the um the trip, did you have to go into your training for the virtual marathon, or was there a buffer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so then, so coming off the coming off the um the run, I got bored really fast. <laughs> like. 
And so uh, we had, I actually wanted to do a 100K trail race um, next month. Um, but, uh, and so I started, we started, we built another plan. And so the, the, the marathon was just going to be a, you know, a, pra- a practice run or whatever. It was going to be built into my, my plan, but I actually ended up getting injured in December. And so we just scratched that oh, no. kind of became, well, the marathon's going to come just do what you can. And I, I mean, I was like, ah, I'll, I'll run it on the trail. Cause it'll be slightly easier on my body kind of really, but you know, um, less wear and tear and uh I knew I could take you know trail running is all about moving forward it's not about whether you're constantly running right yeah like we're gonna we're gonna run walk it and it'll be just fine so that's what I did okay Uh, I wasn't really trained for the marathon um I think the longest I built up to was nine miles and then that was it oh wow so Michelle um a lot of my friends and I are used to doing a marathon, at least a marathon a year. I, I, I've done more than that before and it wasn't, I had no life. So I try to only do one now. Um, but we, I feel like many of us have been struggling with the idea and the execution of a virtual marathon. Cause the big thing for us is, um, here I'm a big part. Um, I'm in a couple running groups. So it's a big, wonderful thing to be all training together and have everyone cheering for you. And then even just random crowd support during a race. So um, do you have any tips for us to try to tackle a virtual marathon? <laughs> I think, of course, you know, with everything being virtual, it, it's, in, it's insane how much people you don't even know can really push you, if that makes sense. Like, and and with 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 saying that, I mean uh, to find like virtual support. Um, I know, like you know, I have you know, like there's a lot of Facebook groups for people who are training for certain races or certain events. And then um, I know I follow a lot of people either on Strava, um, which kind of motivates me seeing them do their training runs. It's like okay, I got you know, it kind of pushes me out the door to go do my training run and, and check off you know that box and. And just like on IG, like I, some of my biggest supporters um, and motivators are people I've never even met in my life, you know? And so um, with things being virtual and, and, you know, if you're trying to play it safe, um, you know, keep your, keep your training group small. Um, my friend that I ran with on Sunday, um, I, I had a girlfriend that I'd never, I probably had met her once in my life. Um, and we were just friends on IG and, and I knew she was training for a longer race. And so I just kind of reached out to her and I was like, Hey, is there any way that you can come run with me? And we, you can use this as your training race. And so, yeah, she was, she, you know, like a pacer, like if you can find pacers, like not necessarily pacers, oh, yeah. but people to, you know, um, who you might know who can maybe run a shorter block of distance with you, like come in and come out um, just like a, a longer race. Because I think anytime someone comes new comes to come run with you, they just breathe new life into that run that's going on. So I think like if you can't find someone locally who can help train with you, then find someone who can come in for to help you either finish a long run or start a long run or even just like on race day, just people who can help set up aid stations for you. Um, I thought it was right. kind of silly, but I, I uh, you know, when I thought about it, but I I was out there like on this this trail, like an hour away from Houston running this race, but I, I wore my bib. 
and it just helped me get into that race day mode like uh. I laid all my clothes like it was race day I got up just like it was a normal race day you know ate my normal you know pre-race meal and treated it as that so I think if you can get into the mindset and find the right support it can take you so far that was my problem. I didn't okay. do that. Okay. <laughs> I woke up late and I just, oh. <laughs> I was like, I'm not sure I'm going to do this run. And then I was like, oh, I should do the run. And then, <laughs> um, no, but I, I think like we've all kind of gotten into that bad habit, right? Because we're at home. So things can kind of happen on our own time. Cause even I, like I forced myself now to start a half marathon um, training plan. I'm not, sign up for a race but just to kind of give me structure but you know if I was training for a real in-person race I would do the runs when they're scheduled I would wake up and do them first thing in the morning and now I'm like "Mm, you know do it a little later and then here I am noon hot sun struggling yeah Yeah, you definitely like I mean if you depending on how you want the outcome to be you really got to stay just that as like on like treat it like a normal thing even though it's virtual um yeah but yeah I think that'd be the best thing is to pretend like do everything like you would on racing (laughs) I'm curious to talk (laughs) yeah I mean you have a you know pretty demanding job um obviously uh especially you know in the times we're in um so how do you train for these big events uh and you know, and still balance like work and training and, and that kind of thing. And sleep. Um, and sleep. sleep. Yeah. Let's say sleep, even though, you know, like she, it, it would talk about like those being the, you know, those types of races being demanding, like prioritizing your sleep. I meal prep a lot. So I want to make sure that I don't, that's one less thing I have to think about, you know, throughout the week. Like I have my food, I have my dinner already ready. I have my lunch, my breakfast, even though it, you know, for so many people, it might be boring. I, I meal prep um, my my food when I'm in a uh, like a training schedule like that. And then um, I also try to do it before work, like do all my training before work, because it's so easy to say, well, I'll do it after work. But you have no idea how your day is going to be. You can't control, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's so many uncontrollables when you when you It'll do it. Be- like, yeah. So like waking up early, like getting to bed early, waking up doing it before work so that when you can come home, you can just relax and like let your body recover from the day. So like it extends that recovery time for your body because, you know, I'm on my feet a lot. So I want to make sure that I can get off my yeah. feet as long as I possibly can. And if you can't, or if you have to do like, you know, sometimes I would do two a days, do the more demanding one before work and then do the one that you can kind of like your, if it's an easy run or an easy bike ride, try to do the easier workout after work. So I'm kind of curious. So you had this big crazy thing where you rode your bike across Texas. Do you have any big endurance running things that you want to do? Any like dreams Uh of fast FKT a trail or something? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I would love to doing the trail this Sunday really made me fall back in love with, there's something about just waking up and being at a, a, a trailhead when the sun is rising and watching the sun come up over everything and just kind of reveal the trail to you. Um, there's just, it's so beautiful. Like that itself is why I trail run. <laughs> Cause like, just, I feel like a kid yeah. discovering like nature and, and being out there. Um, and quite but, literally like hopping over rocks and into puddles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just freeing. It's, it's freeing. Um, 
but yeah, no, I would love to get into that in back into trail running again. And hopefully I, I, I can, you know, I, I didn't do any last year because I was my, my ankle, you know, the mobility of it was really, it wasn't great. Um, so I would love to do a hundred mile trail run. If I could do one this year, that'd be awesome. Most likely in the fall. Cause I would want to build up and actually do it right. Um, yeah, I've looked into, since I've done the bike ride, I had no idea that there were endurance bike ride races out there, like USA mm-hmm. cycling. I was like, what? Grand Fondos and things like that. So it'd be awesome to do like a 16 hour race or a 12 hour race or something and just go out there and see what I can do cycling white rides. Cause I never thought about that uh, until, you know, I did what I did, but yeah, those are my really big things to get back into trail running um, and, and see if I can find a cycling event this year. If I could do that, that'd be awesome. And a part of me kind of wants to go and, and finish Louisiana to Florida. If I did that this year, that'd be great, but I don't know if it's going <laughs> to happen. But yeah, I would love to, to kind of do some more cycling, uh, mini bike trips or, or something like that if I can't do the, the larger one. Well, let's keep in touch because we still got to make a documentary Do you have together. A, oh. <laughs> yeah. So maybe there's your there's your incentive. Like you're, you got to redo it so you can film it. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I, it would be awesome. You know, I there were so many places that I never like really. You know, like I didn't do major roads. I did for the majority. Like I, I did. I did do a couple of service, like service roads on major highways and shoulders of major highways, which are scary, but it'd be so awesome to do something like that in the future with more people, like maybe three or four people and kind of carry our own tents and do it like that, as opposed to like with support. Cause when I did it, you know, last year I had, you know, my mom and dad, uh, following me. Um, but I would love to do it by myself. And like I said, kind of draw it out a little bit more. <laughs> Do you have like a dream running race? Besides, I mean, I w- like, what is your, is it Boston? <laughs> I think most people. Yeah. You know, truthfully, Boston didn't come into my view until I started taking time off a marathon. I was like, wow, I could maybe possibly do this. I mean, I would love, I, th- I think you know, for some runners, we would like to do the majors and I would love to finish off the majors and get Berlin. Like I, you know, they deferred us to this year. So I'm supposed to be running in Berlin this fall, but oh, nice. I don't know if it's going to oh. happen. Like, uh, way, I, I don't know. The streets are really wide. <laughs> <laughs> they are, but you know, I don't know what the tower races are going to look like in September. Like that feels like so far away. Um, but yeah, I'll run the majors for sure. Um, that's really all I really want to do with, with my Boston, when well, I'm Boston with my, with my marathon aspect. Um, yeah, that's really just my dream. Um, you know, as cliche as it sounds to run Boston one day and just say, I did it like prove to myself that I could be fast. Cause I never thought I could be that fast. Um, but yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting to find that new gear, um, and grow in that way. Like I said, for a lot of runners, it's not, that's not what they want to grow towards. And that's totally fine and normal, um, you know, but yeah. Yeah. I'll be doing it through charity. <laughs> oh, you said you'll do it through charity? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can't, I don't think I can improve my speed by that much. <laughs> oh, 
I'm sure you could. I never, but, like, um, I never, I never did. Like for for people who want to get fast, my advice is find right people that are faster than you and just chase them or or run with them. I mean, the only way I was able to take off like an hour from my time was I found people that were faster than me, like friends that I could just talk to, mm-hmm. and it was the same as like. I, you know, at the end of it, I was like, oh my gosh, I just ran an eight minute mile. I just ran like a 750 and just, I, I would have them pace me too on 5Ks. And, the, you know, it's just so helpful to have somebody just standing by your side and pushing you, um, you know, along the way. So that's what I did. I just found friends that were faster than me and um, made them push me. So, yeah, oh, nice. I'm sure you could find an extra gear as well. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, Carmen, you, you should come to Nebraska because we have uh, apparently the flattest marathon in the United States that is a Boston qualifier. And it's <laughs> only one? it's only like 100 feet of elevation. <laughs> Which one? But you know what? It's I like, the, I'm it, crazy. I like the hills. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Um, I but know. That's, it's called, I, like, I don't know. If... It's called the Valley One uh marathon and it's in valley nebraska and apparently it's like the flattest marathon in the united states and it's a boston qualifier now (laughs) so i want to kind of wrap this up on what are some of your favorite pieces of running gear and what else should we like what else do you want to touch on um right now with everything going on especially this sunday Favorite piece of running gear is my my Nathan Vapor Eris uh, running vest um, because you know like a lot of for, for you need you need a running vest for trail runs um, and yeah. with I think with a lot of the marathons even the road marathons um, are you know requiring you to pour your own water at aid stations and things like that I think um, for for all runners, it'd be, you know, good idea to practice carrying your own hydration. So whether it's a, a bottle or a vest or, you know, uh, um, a, a, a belt, I think, um, my favorite piece of gear right now is, is my, my, my water vest. And then, um, you can't, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> do you hear him? Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. So if you don't know, or I don't know, Josh, if you know the story for the puppy, Cause you know, like I said, I just got home and he is all about this toy. So, um, uh, so my last long training run, my night run, my last long training ride before the bike ride, um, I was riding into town. I was five miles from home and this puppy was on the side of the road eating trash. And so um, when got my car, came back, picked them up. And um, I named him AC because I found him next to an air conditioner unit. And he came. I was going to ask you. I was like, what does this stand for? (laughs) Yeah, air air conditioner. And so, yeah, he came (laughs) on the bike ride with me. Um, So he got to see all of Texas as well. And he's super attached to me. But, yeah, so that's why I just got home and he's just playing. Okay, he's playing with a more quieter toy. That's better now. (laughs) (laughs) He's super attached to me. So sorry about that. He's like eight months um, and he's just got neutered, so I'm having to keep my eyes on him at all times. But um, anyways, yeah, so that, of course, you know, Josh, I love my gooder sunglasses. Yep. 
you gotta have a good pair of gooders uh, to go with every run outfit. That's I mean, where. That's how I found you. I was looking at the gooder hashtag because I was like, I I need to see oh, how these glasses oh, look on people because I needed a new pair. <laughs> yeah, well, they they stay put. They're so good. Yeah. They stay put. I have like four yeah. pair of gooders, and they sent me they sent me like ten pair once, just like because of my cycling podcast I had. Yeah. No, I have like I have like twenty pair <laughs> because I'm an ambassador. I'm an ambassador for them. Um. And so yeah, I'm waiting for my the new VRG the VRGs. I don't know if you saw them. Hmm. Um, came out. They have three colors of those. So I'm I'm getting a new pair uh, this week, which I'm so excited about. But yeah, I love them. So I got you got to have a good pair of getters because um, they're just the best. And like you said, they stay put. They you know. So I love those. And, and they don't look horrible like most athletic sunglasses. Like you see those old school ones, like the little wraparounds, and you're like, I don't. Yo. Know. Yeah. <laughs> what is this yeah i feel like those only really good look good for people with certain face types like i do not look good with the wraparound like arrow sunglasses no mm-hmm. they do not for <laughs> they me do not, they don't do my face any favors just, they're so intense too like what are you what are you about to do like what? Yeah. i was like an elite or like an age grouper i would totally maybe but no i just i feel like if i my outfit fun then i would not take my training seriously and that i'd still be having fun you know what i mean so mm-hmm. i don't try to yeah this um but yeah oh and a good um watch loving my my garment right now i had to upgrade to the 745 and the map on this thing is like a little mini garmin like if you've seen the tom toms or whatever mm-hmm. it's it shows mm-hmm. like it was on my trail run it shows restrooms on the trail. What? When, when I was up. Oh yeah. wow! Amazing. It shows street names as you're going. Like it shows um, restaurants, anything like that, any points of interest. It shows you while you're going in real time. So I absolutely love it. So you know, for trail runners or these people that you know getting out there and I have to have to kind of map things out, um, I use this, and I also use this for my. Um, I don't know if you saw, like I ran 2019. I use the Garmin Connect oh, yeah. to, yeah, oh. yeah I, I, I like to do drawings, so it will navigate you turn by turn, nice. the drawing in it, so I love my Garmin, I think that's pretty much it, and then of course, you know, I run in ultras, uh, I'm a zero drop runner, uh, so, amazing. that's pretty much here, that's what I'm always in. <laughs> cool, what would you like to leave us with today? And where can people find you if, if they want to follow your your adventures? Yeah. Um, well, you can find me on Strava. You know, uh, Michelle Morton. I'm on IG. Uh, my screen name there is at M-I-C-2-L-E-E, McTooley. Um, but I think, you know, going into the new year or as the end the year was ending, you know, Yes, it's 2021, but, you know, unfortunately, we still have a lot of uncertainty surrounding us. And, you know, with that being said, um, and with the decisions I made last year, you know, continue to make decisions for yourself. What's like, what's best for you? Like, if it's best for you to take time off, then do that right now. If it's best for you to train for a PR or to work on speed work, then do that. But, you know, it, you I think it just for, you know, your own mental health, I think it's just very important to really listen and try to 
keep yourself all around healthy. So when the day does come, we return to racing the way we would like to, then you'll be ready. You know, but I think that's just what's best. It's like, do what's best for you. If virtual racing is best for you, then do it. You know, do whatever makes you happy. Um, But don't feel pressured by what everyone else is doing online. Um, What you see to like, you know, oh, I, you know, don't, don't push yourself because other people around you are pushing and don't feel like you should be doing that as well, I think. Amazing. Thank you so much for taking yeah, the time to do one. this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so great to meet you, Carmen. Nice to see you again, Josh. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Keep in touch. We'll have you back on the show again at some point. It was so lovely to meet you. <laughs> yeah. It was great meeting y'all too. And happy training. And hopefully I'll talk to y'all soon. Bye. All right. Bye. Thank you. So what stood out to you in that conversation? Um, I just feel really motivated. Um, Also, I can't believe that she has so much um, belief in me that I couldn't qualify for Boston. But I was like, you know what? Maybe. Maybe I can. Um, But yeah, just a good reminder. Um, I think it was kind of a resolution I set for myself at the beginning of the year to just be more intentional with training yeah i think you can do it you can qualify (laughs) come do that marathon here in omaha it has like a hundred feet of elevation or something stupid it's super flat um yeah i think just yeah it was inspiring because you know we all have busy lives and and you know work is stressful but you know the work that she's doing and stuff and she still makes time to like train for these ultras and and to ride her bike across her state and all this stuff like you know we can do things like train for a marathon we can do things like uh you know you don't have to be an ultra marathoner or something like that but if there's a goal you really want to meet yeah you know you will find time to make for it and and you can do it you know you just have to put your mind to it essentially um and try not to get injured. Just be smart about it as well. <laughs> yeah, listen to your body. Listen to your body. And if you do start to feel discomfort, stop. Um, but make sure your rest is um, productive. You don't want to just get off it. It might be that you need to strengthen. It might be that you need to stretch. So make sure you're finding out about that if you do get some pain. Yeah, I'm trying to be good about foam rolling and <laughs> using. We have one of those uh, TENS machines, you know, like the... Yeah the electro things and I've been trying to be better about using that after big days and stuff like that. So I don't want to be injured again. This is like the first injury I've had that's lasted this long. It's only been a couple weeks, but it still feels frustrating. So uh, it's definitely not a position I want to be in again, (laughs) especially while I feel so motivated and inspired right now. I want to be able to embrace that. So I'm going to be smarter going on doing more strength training, doing more, Mm -hmm. um, being more intentional with my training, like doing speed work. There's a track like within a mile of my house. I could go there and run on it when school's not in, Um, you know, and then not making every day like a long run day, which is like what I usually like to do. (laughs) You gotta, you gotta switch it up. You gotta switch it up. Totally. And being smart about shoes. Like I have some shoes that I like and I, and they don't hurt me, and I should just stick with those because yes. I think part of why I got injured was trying a new shoe that I did not like at all, and it made me run yeah. weird. Yeah, don't I think the best thing in running, especially to stay injury free, is 
Listen to your gut, listen to your instinct. If it feels weird, it's probably not good for you. Doesn't mean it doesn't work for other people. This does it for this episode of People Who Run. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. To find more information, visit us on Instagram at peoplewho.run. Or our website at peoplewho.run. Please leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you tell a friend. This podcast is a part of Figure Podcasts. To hear more about our shows, visit figurepodcasts.com. Until next time, get, get those, those miles. miles. <laughs> and we have an exciting announcement coming up soon. Really? We're, we're going to change our name. Oh, yeah. Okay. But we're going to leave you in the dark. You have to tune back in and tell all your friends and leave us a rating and review on Apple in order for us to tell you. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>